Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Let's see, there we go. Hey, check, one, two. We got power. Hello, how you doing? Hey, good to see you. Man, you guys look good. Hey, if you haven't been here before, this is Vineyard Westside. Welcome to it. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name's Ryan. If we haven't met before, I would love to say hello to you after the service, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward so we can do an offering together. Uh, this is the time where we just set aside um, a couple minutes to pray and to... Uh, to give back a portion of what God has given to us. Um, for any of us who have been around here for a while, one of the things that we try to recognize is that we are spoiled little brats. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that God has just given us not just things that we need, but he has given us things that we want, things that bless us, things that spoil us. And uh, so we give back a portion to, to do work for his kingdom that our dollars would be ammunition for the war that's going on. And so, God, we thank you for what you've been doing through Vineyard Westside. I thank you for transformation of hearts. I thank you for the outreaches that we've been able to do lately with wrapping free gifts for people for Christmas, with giving away uh, boxes of donuts for people who are stuck working on New Year's Eve. Just the, the, the cool stuff that's going on, we want to see more of it. Because we want to see more people get that little spark, that nudge, that fingerprint, that, that little insight about you, and that they would find out, that they would find out all the way that you love them, and that there's nothing they could ever do to make you love them any less, and that if they give their lives to you, they're going to be rescued from hell. We give you this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, what we're going to talk about today is what it looks like to be nimble. How many of you are nimble? Nimble. That would be on your list of descriptions. Nimble. That is not very many of you. We're going to need to work on nimbleness. Come on, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack, you got to be nimble to jump over a candlestick. But to be nimble, to be nimble means that you are adaptable. That you are able to, you are able to quickly adjust. If something is happening over here, you can quickly adjust this way. That you can alter the plan. That you're not completely set in your ways uh, to where if things don't go the exact way that you had thought they were going to go, you can still win. You can still thrive. You can still have a good time, maybe a better time. You can still uh, achieve the things that God wants you to. Uh, you just have to call an audible. You just have to switch up the plan a little bit. Improvise. The Marines, uh, what is the, the motto? Is improvise, adapt, overcome improvise, adapt, overcome. And it just means that 
you're going to fight and you're going to keep fighting and you're going to come up with new ways to fight and creative ways to fight and you're going to figure out how to go around if you have to. You're going to figure out how to dig underground and pop up if you have to. You're going to fight and keep fighting in different ways until victory. That it is improvise, adapt, overcome. It's what it means to be nimble. What I'm talking about today is what it means to be nimble for Jesus. Be nimble for Jesus. This came up in a big way because COVID hit and a lot of things changed. And all of a sudden, a lot of churches were struggling with how do we actually reach people now? Because we had to go to video services for a long time and we're not meeting in person. It just felt completely different. And it felt like our hands were tied that we weren't really able to do work for the kingdom for a while. And we really had to sit down and say, how do we improvise? How do we adapt? How do we get nimble to do something different in a different way and be able to reach people? Um, God had to be nimble. At one point, he had made this decision where um, the God in the clouds set up wasn't working for people anymore. People were still being just ridiculous all over. And no matter what he tried to hint to them, no matter how many frogs he made rain from the sky, no matter how many floods came, no matter how many different things, we just weren't getting it. And so he, in his nimbleness, adapted. And he said, I'm going to send my son, and Jesus is going to go into the world. And it says that he showed up and he flesh and blood moved into the neighborhood that God in the flesh and blood moved into the neighborhood that he had to he had to switch the plan today what we're talking about is old dogs learning new tricks um, if you're somebody who you know you have that that thing where well he's just set in his ways the kingdom of God does not need people who are set in their ways it doesn't need that we got a bunch of those, and we're kind of, they're kind of stuck doing the thing they did. And we need people who are nimble for the kingdom to be able to do new work, because it's 2023, and there are new problems. There are new problems, there are new people, there are new ways to reach people, there are ways that used to reach people that don't work anymore. And the thing that Paul constantly talked about throughout Scripture was, becoming one of the people and that you would do as they do and that um, you would become a tent maker if that's what was needed that you would go into the place and you would adapt and you would overcome you would improvise Abraham Lincoln said the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time. Basically, that whatever your plans are, um, no matter how much you try to plan, it's going to keep getting shifted and altered and things that are outside of your control, uh, it's going to change stuff. And so the future is always coming just one day at a time. We can't really plan too far ahead for it. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, it says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Each day has enough trouble. I wake up and I'm like, man, this is a great day. And then it's like 40 minutes in and I'm like, this is a terrible day. <laughs> like, how has everything gone wrong in 40 minutes? 
Don't worry about tomorrow, though, because tomorrow is going to worry about itself. If you're trying to stack worrying on each other, that's not going to work well. Um, it's 990 times it is mentioned in Scripture, do not fear or do not worry. It's the number one thing we're commanded not to do. Do not fear, do not worry. They say worry is like um, being in a rocking chair. You feel like you're doing something. You feel like you're accomplishing something, but you're not getting anywhere. But you're worrying, going, oh, no, no, it just isn't getting you anywhere. How many of you say this? I'm a planner. Huh? Huh? I'm a planner? I'm a planner? Um, now I know what that means. I didn't used to know what that means. Now, I mean, it may not mean it for you, but I'm guessing it probably does. It means that you, you, uh, you don't change. You struggle with change really, really hard. Um, that you don't handle the go with the flow idea very well. Let's just see what happens. You're like, how about no? <laughs> That's the thing is you can still have plans. You can still have plans. It's just that we got to get to that point of understanding that the world isn't on our timeline. Like that it's, it's not going to go according to what we want. It's going to go according to what God wants. It's going to go according to the free will of the people around us and how we have to, how to, how we have to adapt, how we have to get nimble for those things that go on. My wife is... Uh, one of the greatest examples I can think of on someone who is nimble, someone who's adaptable. Um, for any of you who've taken your strengths finders test, I think her number one uh, gift is adaptability. Um, adaptability, and I really didn't understand what it was for the longest time, just that, oh, okay, so in a group project, if they say, no, you gotta do the graphs, that she's, okay, I can do, it's not, it's not just that, it's that when the plans change, and the plans change constantly, that she is able to go, okay, well, that's all right. Well, let's reassess, and what are we going to do now? How are we going to do it now? Now that that thing has happened, what are we going to do next type thing? And everybody who meets her says she has a, this calming effect uh, on them, and they, they don't know why she just seems so, and it's because she's able to adapt to whatever's going on and not freak out. The opposite of that is her husband. Um, and I, it's just so weird for me to think about because I would have, I would have loved to, do you know how sometimes you want to tell people you're good at everything? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm adaptable. I'm totally go with the flow. I'm so not go with the flow. And it feels like I should be, but I'm, I'm not. Because I get these plans in my head that feel solid. Most of the time I don't share, share these plans with any other human, right? And so you want them to be a mind reader and just know what you're hoping for. And then if they don't get it exactly right because you've come up with this idea in your head, if they don't get it exactly right, your day's ruined. Does this seem right? Does it seem like that's the way it should work? It, it isn't. And so I, I want to be more nimble. I want to have more of that 
ability to just adapt and overcome and improvise on things. Call an audible, shift. You know, make a, a, make a good day out of a bad thing happening. Have you ever driven somewhere, like you made a trip to Kings Island, you get all the way out there and it's closed that day? That's happened to me. Like, I just hate everything. You know how hard this was, how far this is, all these things. But you can call an audible and you can go to Timberwolf Lodge. That's what we did one time. We took our kids there and they had a blast. Yes, it cost a fortune. But we improvised. You know him, he's just set in his ways. The thing that Jesus told us to do was go into all the earth to make disciples. And so anybody who's set in their ways is setting still. Right now, what the world needs is people who can adapt. Um, we've been adapting over the last couple of years in a bunch of different places. There's been huge shifts in our culture. And so now a lot of people who used to work in many, many, many other places, now they work for DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever it is. A lot of people work for Amazon now. A lot of people do Airbnb stuff that they had a house and maybe they made the, this idea came up that I could rent this house out and, and they do Airbnb. Maybe they do Uber driving or Lyft. There are people who are doing grocery shopping all over the place. People who are doing uh, the picking out of groceries and loading things up for, for pickup orders. And now so many things are getting delivered. Just the world has changed. Office buildings everywhere are shutting down. I don't, what's going to happen with all these office buildings? I hope laser tag. <laughs> but everybody, they figured out that everybody can work from home at a lot of these places. And it just has shifted culture and you have to, you have to shift with it. We're in the golden age for hermits right now. This is like the best it's ever been for some of us. But it also is causing problems all over the place. Because we're like, I love being alone. I don't know why I'm so depressed. <laughs> I like it. I'm sad. Adaptability, being nimble for Jesus, means that you don't resent those sudden changes. You don't resent the sudden changes. A sudden change comes along, and it doesn't ruin your day, and then you have to ruin other people's days. Someone who's nimble expects changes. They're stretching their ankles out. Like, they're getting them ready, right? Because I'm going to be going this way and that way. Like, I have to be nimble because changes are going to happen. They're inevitable. And so I expect those changes. I don't resent, oh, how could this guy get in my way? I'm trying to run down the field. you got to expect changes. People who are nimble for Jesus, who are adaptable, uh, they don't see their future as a fixed destination. They see it as this thing that's being built by each decision that you're making, each one of them, every time you adapt, every time you overcome, every time you're nimble. You don't freeze or pout when the plan changes. One of the things I hate about myself is pouting. I'm always trying to get over pouting. 
And so you don't freeze when the plan changes. Any of you freeze if the plan changes and you just go, oh! Or pout and try to ruin other people's days around you. <laughs> Instead, you would be someone who's energized to launch into action when things shift, when things change. It's actually an exciting thing for you that, uh, oh my gosh, that's new possibilities now. Or, oh, this is a challenge. Oh, this gives me a chance to at least use my brain. Oh, this gives us, I bet that we can make this into a good thing. Because that's what our God does. Romans 8 says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That whatever it is, God will work it together for your good. And so if it felt like it was a a terrible day, if it felt like all these things went wrong, God is trying to take those things and work them together for your good and make something new out of it. People who are nimble for Jesus, it would mean that you don't live in the yesterdays or the tomorrows. You got any, any of you like you know, glory days, people, high school glory. I mean, I know I have friends who are, they're still in that place. If you remember, yeah, <laughs> we were dummies when we did that. It was fun. It was, you don't live in the yesterdays or the tomorrows. You can fully experience the present now, here and now. Take it for the, the most you can. Uh, and so what a lot of people end up seeing is interruptions. I know for me, I feel like things are interruptions. When my plan gets changed or um, what, somebody shows up, I'm trying to leave the house and somebody knocks on the door and they, they want to come in for 10 minutes or something. Is it an interruption or is it an opportunity? Instead of seeing things as interruptions, that these are opportunities to do something new, that maybe God was doing something. Hey, here's a chance to do something different or something better than, than what you had planned. Philippians 4, it says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. You want to know the secret to being content in any and every situation? He says, it's whether you're well-fed or you're hungry, whether you're living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Amen. That I can do all this through him who gives me strength. What is it? Don't matter. I can do whatever it is through him who gives me strength. Well, yeah, but I mean, what kind of, doesn't matter what it is. Because that's who Jesus allows you to be. He allows you to be nimble, adaptable for the kingdom because you can do whatever it is, whatever that gets placed before you, whatever is an obstacle, whatever is a wall in front of you, you can do it through him who gives you strength. And this, that's what freedom looks like. What freedom looks like is I, I can do whatever it is. I, I have the power. I, there's not going to be something that pops up that is going to end me because Jesus is always giving me a way. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, though I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. 
To those who are under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, so that I could win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I've become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Paul famously became whatever he needed to become. He was a, a chameleon, a chameleon for the kingdom of God. That if this is what I need to be to reach those people, then that's what I'm going to be. We're committed to doing any possible thing short of sin to reach people for Jesus. And so sometimes people will say, well, that's not very, that's not very reverent, or that's not very, you know, churchy, or what, and what, what I'm recognizing right there is somebody who's set in their ways, somebody who's not nimble. And we need nimble people for the kingdom. The philosopher Mike Tyson once said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. It is very, very true. And a lot of people end up losing their cool when their plans change, when they get punched in some way. Adaptable people are friends with change. They're just like, okay, let's go. This will end up developing your reputation as a calm or reassuring person when other people were losing their minds. Imagine a pilot who couldn't adapt to changing winds or weather. Like, I mean, it's one of those jobs, you can't, imagine if you weren't able to change on some of these things that you have to be nimble, you have to be quick to adapt. Mark 5, it says, when Jesus again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She was bleeding for 12 years, she gets this idea in her head that I don't even have to talk to him. If I just grab his cloak, if I just touch his clothing, I'll be healed. This is an indication of how much this lady believed he was the Messiah, that he was the son of God, that if I just touch his clothes. It says, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. I'm always curious about what that felt like. Yeah. 
He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the, you see the people that are crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you, you can ask, who touched me? There's people everywhere. It's like probably 50 people are touching him. But one of them was touching him with a certain purpose. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, that synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples who were with him and went in there where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithuka, kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Don't let anybody know about this because Jesus wasn't ready to head to the cross yet. And if that word got out, Jesus would be fast forwarded to the cross once people found out what he was able to do. The thing about this is that Jesus is on his way to a dying girl who the father is desperate, desperate, desperate. We have to hurry. We have to run. We need to sprint to get to her in time. Can we please get there? But Jesus has to stop and say, hold on, something else happened. Who touched me? And go through this whole thing. The dad has to be losing his mind. He's got to be losing his mind. We had, we had a plan. We got a plan together, at least a little plan. But Jesus has this different approach, this here and now approach, to be present with people um, wherever they are in the moment, these chance encounters with people that they create an opportunity to do incredible things, and they do that with you too. Um, what I'll say today is that um, all of us need to look towards being a utility player a utility player on a baseball team, on, on multiple different sports teams. It's just somebody who can play multiple positions. A lot of times they're somebody who's had experience in many different areas, and maybe they weren't tremendously great at any of them, but they became someone who is a utility man who could play any position if something happened to someone else, just whatever it is, that they were nimble that they were nimble. You're playing catcher today. What? I've never played catcher before. Okay, I'll get the pads. You're playing whatever it is, point guard today. Uh, okay. Our goal is to become utility players. 
where we can show up and be used as needed in a moment's notice, whatever it is, to where you can react to a surprise need, an opportunity, a challenge, uh, and this can create new opportunities for other people to feel welcome, too. You know, you get one of the things that I'll notice myself um, being pulled out of my plan that I had in my head. And uh, then I'll end up being short with people or avoiding people or because I'm going, I got I to gotta get to this thing. This was the plan. Do I really got to get to the thing, though? Or is, is it an opportunity to connect with this person? Sometimes you can't. Some of you talk too much. And sometimes you have to be told. I get told that. But being nimble is where you have this freedom to feel the spirit move and you can respond. If you feel the spirit move in some way, you can actually respond. Not be locked in, set in your ways. Just, well, that's for, that's for, the, young, that's for the young ones. No, no, it's for us. It's for, it's for any of us that are walking around right now. We're in the midst of, of change in a million different ways here at the church. Um, and one of the exciting ones, one of the sad ones, one of the scary ones, one of the um, proud ones is that uh, we have um, my executive pastor of Vineyard Westside here, Denise Horgan, uh, they're sitting back in the back there. Um, Denise oversees uh, just a million different things here at the church with the, uh, the finance piece of what we do here overall. Um, she oversees the maintenance department. She oversees uh, so many different parts and pieces of different ministries and um, has been here since the very beginning uh, of, of our journey starting the church however many years ago. What was that, 18 years ago? Is that right? And uh, she just announced that she is going to be retiring in a few months. Um, and it's, I'm excited for her. Um, that her and her husband, Kevin, Kevin is the uh, chairman of our board of trustees. And he oversees our ushering team. Um, they're just extremely involved in many, many pieces and parts of Vineyard Westside. Um, absolute key components, critical pieces that um, if I got stuck in the plan would completely cause me to freak out if I got stuck in the plan. Um, but if I can remain in that nimble place, I can be excited for... Uh, they're going to go play with grandkids more. They're going to not be, not be getting called nine times a week because the alarm's going off here at the church. Just a million different things there. Um, and also, I'm really excited that, um, that they're, they're retiring and something horrible didn't happen. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing to be able just to say, well, well done, good and faithful servants. Well done. <laughs> And so we're, we're still, we're figuring out what, 
we're going to do with training people, looking for different people in different roles and things like that. Um, but th those two fill an incredible number of roles. And so what, what I need are some more utility players. I need more utility players. Um, we're going to be figuring out what it looks like to move forward. And they're going to be here for uh, a few months still. Um, and also, they're not going anywhere, I don't think. So if you're interested in being a utility player, and it just means saying, I have this skill, or, or not listing anything at all, if you're willing to get a text message or an email to ask, would you be interested in helping with this thing that is coming up? Um, we need more volunteers. We always do. It's the thing that makes this church go round. And uh, some of you are not serving. And this is your call out. That I want you to be a utility player at least. Um, yeah, can I pray for you? Let's close up. God, thank you for... Just your example of, of adapting to things with us, and that we continually, we continually use our free will to do things that are so stupid, to do things that are so silly, to do things that are so against what your plan was. And what do you do every single time you just adapt, overcome? You're nimble. You're nimble, Jesus. And we want to be more nimble like you. For any of us who are struggling with that, with, with plans that are in our heads, where other people have to read our minds, work with us specifically. Work with us especially. On being able to adapt. Recognize that it's not all about us. Thank you for your example. God, give us creative ways to reach people for your kingdom. How do we reach them in 2023? How do we reach them in Shevwa? So we ask this in your name, Jesus, because you're the one who can make it happen. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you guys. Hey, thank you for coming. Good to see you. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.